What do you do? The podcast that explores various occupations and industries and arms you with information about what that position entails and how someone gets that job. This show is for anyone who's ready for a career change or who's just entering the workforce. What will we discover today? Lead in and enjoy the show with your host, Chris. Welcome to episode 10 of What Do You Do? The Career Podcast. In this episode, we talk to Marcin, who is a viola player for the Calgary Philharmonic Orchestra. I played the viola back when I was in elementary school, and it's kind of cool running into a fellow viola player. In fact, I thought he played violin at the first, so ignore that awkward um, call out when I called the wrong instrument out. We don't get much love as viola players. Um, I personally love the instrument, and it was a really good interview. We learned a lot, um, and I think you will too. Now, one thing I'd like to mention is you can still find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Podcast, TuneIn. We have a Facebook, um, facebook.com slash what do you do, and a website, what do you do podcast.com. Feel free to reach out to me at chris at what do you do podcast.com. Love to hear from you. Love to hear some feedback. If you know anybody that wants to be on the show, please send them our way. We'd love to talk to them. As always, go ahead and start. Make it happen. Now, on the interview. All right, Marson. How are you doing tonight? Great. How are you? Oh, pretty good. So I'm here with Marson. He is a violinist for an orchestra. I'll let him go ahead and fill in all the details because uh, I'm not that adept when it comes to orchestras and, and music. I do enjoy them, and I've been to my fair share. But uh, go ahead, Marston, and tell us a little bit what you do. Uh, well, I'm actually a violist, um, which is it's like a violin, but it's a little bit bigger. And... Oh, man, I feel stupid because I played the viola. Oh, really? I should have known that. Oh, no, no worries. Yes. Yeah, it's all, right. it's all good. <laughs> I was one of, like, the two kids. That's hilarious. Play viola. Okay, yeah. sorry, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, so basically, yeah, lots of violists kind of get their start on violin. And uh, if you're a little bit, you know, taller or whatever, bigger, then usually a teacher will be like, hey, you interested in playing viola? Because yeah. nobody ever wants to play viola. But... Uh, <clears throat> So yeah, I started playing viola when I was um, around 13, and I'd, I'd been studying violin since I was like four or five. Um, and yeah, I, I kind of never turned back. Um, it's a beautiful, beautiful instrument, nice, rich tone. And uh, and yeah, so in, in the orchestra, you know, obviously it's... It's, uh, you're one of, I mean, in my orchestra, it's, I'm one of 60, 66 players. And, uh, because, because we have a section, it's, uh, sometimes it can be kind of frustrating because you're not, um, you're not having as much input as say a flute player or, or a clarinet. But, um, but yeah, it's a, it's a really satisfying experience playing with the section, you know, when you get it, when, when you get it together, when you get it right. And, um. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, that's that's a start. Yeah, anyway. it was. I remember because back in you know I started elementary school and all the kids, you know, you you picked your instruments, what you wanted to play, and me and my friend Daniel, we I think I I know me I got the viola by accident thinking I was getting a violin, <laughs> and but I have to agree. Like I remember just the tone of it. 
is so much more rich yeah. than a violin. Um, I mean, to me, it sounded like, you know, if a violin and a cello kind of had a love child, Yeah, it was the viola. Yeah. And it definitely just always, you know, maybe I'm a little bit biased because, man, I feel stupid for saying violin. But sorry to go back to the past. But um, it was funny because the, the, the conductor of the orchestra here locally at the time was notorious for hating on viola players. Yeah, I mean, yeah, everybody hates <laughs> on viola players. That's kind of it was kind like, of comes with the territory. It's kind of like, I guess the, the bass player usually gets a lot of like, you know, slack for being, you know, in, in like bands. Yeah. You know, that poor bass player. It's like all that poor violist. That's right. Um, so you said you started violin when you were five. Uh, did you, I'm, I'm sure you took like viola lessons as you were getting older to progress to where you are today? Yeah, so um, both my parents are musicians. My dad's a violinist and my mom's a pianist. So obviously growing up, like when I was little, I always wanted to play the violin, be like my dad, blah, blah, blah. And um, so, yeah, I, I started taking lessons from him when I was five and that continued on until I was um, around 12 and then switched to a different teacher and uh and yeah so i kind of went through yeah all all through my sort of childhood life i was studying and then i at the end of high school i uh, decided i wanted to kind of get away from it because i i was kind of worried that i was getting into music or if if i were to get into music it'd be for the wrong reasons or just because i didn't know anything else so i ended up uh uh starting a degree in math and philosophy and and sort of so I, I quit the I quit violin for about yeah about a year and a half and I found I ended up getting like pretty depressed actually just because I stopped huh. I stopped playing I stopped practicing and um and I, I've actually I've actually read since then that uh, music acts on the brain in in a similar way to to a drug or, or to as, like to alcohol yeah. uh, it's it you re, it releases endorphins when you're playing you're having a good time and then when you um cut that out of your life it can have uh yeah similar side effects to like withdrawal withdrawal effects so that, <laughs> that was kind of interesting yeah i heard um i think bob marley's the one that said the one good thing about music is when it hits you you feel no pain mm-hmm. i think that's totally true no matter what genre of music you listen to when you have like your favorite style of music, it's like you know when people read books, it's their zone out. Yeah, and uh, that's pretty cool to to know that though. I mean, I always know like you know when you get depressed or sad, put on your music. Oh, absolutely. You're happy. Yeah, absolutely. Um, a friend of mine, Valerie Salampour, actually made her uh, <laughs> made her academic career on on that very premise. She's a um, well, she's a she's a psychologist, but um, she studied sort of the psychology of music and the effects that it has on the brain, and and that was uh, sort of the ma- the main point of her sort of doc- doctoral thesis was that yeah, music yeah, it just hits you <laughs> right in the brain. <laughs> huh. Yeah, it's crazy. So, how did you get to being where you are now in the orchestra? What was it like to get to that spot? Like, what did you have to do? Oh, okay, so. Um, Generally, the process is the same no matter which orchestra you're you're applying for. So, um, basically, uh, 
if somebody you know dies or retires or or uh, moves on from a, any given orchestra, then that spot is left open to to be filled in. And uh, they announce an audition. The orchestra will announce an audition in various media. So uh, you know, there's a couple of sites online, and and there's like sort of the week or monthly newsletter, the American Federation of Musicians newsletter that um, posts these job postings. And anybody can apply, actually, like they usually um, you just send in your resume and like they don't I don't think they even look at it. Like you can if you want to show up, <laughs> if you want to show up to a viola audition uh, in Calgary, then all you have to all you have to do is send a resume. Um, but uh, yeah, but once it once you show up, that's that's when it gets a little bit more difficult. So <clears throat> the process is basically. Um, usually there's between like 10 and 10 and 25 people at the audition. And, um, there's like a, a number of rounds. So first round is, you know, that they choose like three excerpts from the symphonic repertoire for you to perform. And you have like three or four minutes to sort of do your best at these short excerpts of music, which, which had been chosen beforehand. There's maybe a list of 10 or 15 excerpts. And then, uh, and then, yeah, so the, they listen to you behind a screen, so, so it's you know quote unquote fair. They they don't know who you are when you're when you're playing for them, and uh, and yeah, so you sh you show up, you do your best, and uh, and I, I did my best that day and progressed to the second and third round, and, and yeah, they, I was lucky enough to get a job. Hmm. What's the? I mean, you guys perform there locally, yeah, in Calgary, but yep. do you guys also travel? Uh, I think they used to travel more. Um, uh, let's say like 15 or 20 years ago. Uh, mm -hmm. I know they did some tours in Europe and the States and stuff. But uh, now we, we just do like kind of run, run out concerts to local um, sort of smaller um, smaller cities around around Calgary. It's It's pretty it's pretty costly to do a tour, you know, with 66 musicians, usually it would be right. more than 66 musicians. And yeah, getting the funding for that is like, yeah. I, I mean, <laughs> big, big orchestras um, can manage it. And actually American orchestras, as far as I understand it, there's like different tax benefits for donors uh, in the States. And so American huh. orchestras, uh, larger American orchestras tend, tend to have um, a lot more, money to to do that kind of thing i mean it also yeah also it depends on the size of the orchestra like uh cleveland or philadelphia or you know boston all those all those places like they have you know lots and lots of money so <laughs> yeah yeah so it's a sort of a different different ball game but yeah no we're uh we're relegated to rural alberta basically but um the the audiences here are actually pretty knowledgeable and pretty pretty appreciative and um yeah it's very it's it's definitely a really satisfying way to to make a living where do you say where do you see yourself going in like the next i don't know couple years do you see yourself being the same orchestra or yeah it's how much higher can you go it's funny right i uh i moved here with the intent of staying here for a couple years you know like pay off some student loans and move on you know maybe go to i moved here from montreal and I was, you know, I always had it on, in mind to move on to a bigger city and mm -hmm. make a go of it there. But uh, I think it was my second year here. There was a 
you know, one of the one of the bassoon players was retiring, so somebody was saying a speech for them, and the speech uh, went something like. Well, basically, they described my my exact thoughts. They were like, oh, when I got here, I thought I would be here for two years and I would move on. But here I am 45 uh-huh. years later and blah, blah, blah. And so that was uh, at once a little bit depressing and also a little bit endearing. Um, but uh, so, yeah, I don't know. Like I I got married here uh, two years ago. So, you know, we're probably going to start a family here. It's going to it's going to get harder and harder to leave for sure. Um, and yeah, I'm 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 kind of OK with that, like. As artistically speaking, like playing in one orchestra or the, or the other, I I personally don't think is is that much more uh, satisfying because you're always going to have the the kinds of problems that that I have with my job. People have uh-huh. in their jobs in Philadelphia and Berlin and all the all the bigger cities. It's just it's just kind of on a different scope. You know what I mean? Like the yeah. obviously they're higher level orchestras, but um, I don't know, people still get annoyed about whatever, you know, the flute player entering <laughs> late or, you know, I don't know. <laughs> so. You're going to that one person, no matter what you do, yeah. what job, you're going to that one person, that was going to get a flack. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Again, usually the, the viola players, in my experience, <laughs> the ones don't get the flack. Yeah. For... Um, what's your typical week like with your job? Is it lots of rehearsal? Yeah, so usually... Uh, um, so, yeah, usually we have um, between one and three programs per week. So if it's if it's something like um, like a masterworks concert. So this this week, for instance, we're we're doing Prokofiev Fifth Symphony and Tchaikovsky Violin Concerto and a piece by John Adams called Lollapalooza. And so that's like a pretty big program. So that's all that's all we'll do this week. And we have four or five rehearsals um, on that repertoire and then we have two concerts so friday saturday night concerts um on other weeks sometimes we have education concerts for for kids you know schools will come in and we'll do you know like an introduction to the orchestra or something like this and Mm. in those cases often we'll have that those overlapping with um so since calgary only has the one professional orchestra we we also play operas and ballets so often we'll have, you know, an education concert in the morning and then an opera concert at night. And then on the following day, we'll have a rehearsal for a Pops concert. So a Pops concert might mean, I don't know, we played with Rufus Wainwright on in January. Uh, yeah, so it's, yeah, it's, it can be, it's very, it's very varied. But, but generally we have, you know, about four, between four and six rehearsals and then between three and well, I guess it depends, but between three and five con- or between two and five concerts a week. So um, it adds up to about 25 to 27 hours of like work time. But then on top of that, you got to, you know, maintain and practice your part and stuff like this. So it's pretty time consuming. I remember well, I think it's it's very important for the, the educational for the kids. I think that's pretty cool that you guys do that, because here I remember when I was trying to figure out, you know, what I wanted to do. The orchestra here locally, I think it was like Peter and the Wolf. Yeah. Is that it? You know, so that like that kind of I guess you know turned me on to it. Cool. Where with that one you can really, you know, tell the story from the music. Yeah, absolutely. And it's a for kids, like your mind goes wild. Yeah. And you can think. So that's a really good way. I mean, right now, even in the US, you know, funding for the arts, it's not the same as it was in nineteen, you know. 
early 1900s yeah. where that was entertainment. Absolutely. Now you have TV, the you know internet. Uh, it's kind of shifting. Yeah, you know? times are definitely changing. And I think a lot of orchestras, so I mentioned these Pops concerts. So like we do, well, we played with Professor Internet. We, play, we played a, a show called, it's a very popular show internationally, Video Games Live, where we play oh, yes. video game music. And um, obviously that's very popular with, you know, a certain subset of uh, the population, which is awesome. And they're very, they're very enthusiastic. Um, but it's, yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of interesting. I mean, the musicians will tend to gripe about that stuff because it isn't, it is not what we were trained to, to do. It's very, it's very different playing, you know, pop music or video game music from playing, well, like I said, a Prokofiev symphony because it's, it's, you know, <laughs> it's just a completely different animal. Um, and so, yeah, often if we do too many of those shows, uh, musicians will gripe a little bit about it, but uh, it it is important. And it, I mean, <laughs> perhaps, perhaps most importantly, it's a, it tends to be a, a big money maker. And so it's kind of what's keeping us in business because the right. classical shows, they sell pretty well, but they don't sell out the way that uh, the other shows like those pops. And uh, I mean, I would think with like the classical shows, you might get some of that, you know, the older blood that has, you know, the money yeah. that donate. And then you would have with, you know, example, video games live, that younger generation is going to come in. And again, I think that's how you can, you know, hook them. I think that is, I think that is the idea, but, uh, that, that's kind of what I like about Calgary is that, uh, our, our, um, our audience is very mixed in that way. And there's, there's a lot of young people at the, at the classics shows and there's, we but you're absolutely right. You you hit the nail on the head with the with the donors that they they are the ones that show up to the classics concerts because they're the ones that you know they want to appreciate that uh, medium as a as an art form you know, um, and so that they're willing to put the money down to, to keep it alive. Yeah. But there's actually a lot of young donors in Calgary as well. Like I I don't know how much you know about Calgary, but it's an oil town, and um, obviously now it's it's hit with uh, sort of hard economic times with the uh, oil prices as they are. But um, there's a lot of, there's a lot of young wealth in the city. And so uh, they've been, they've been an integral part also of, of keeping the orchestra alive here. So, huh. yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty cool. Yeah. I came, you know, I'm from West Virginia. So coal was our, right. you know, that's the, the blood of, of West Virginia. Yeah. And now it's starting to, you know, taper off. And yeah. It's not so good, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, you said you were just married recently. How are they with your busy schedule? Uh, yeah, it can get a little bit annoying. My wife's a school teacher, and um, so yeah, I'm I'm away nights. Like Friday, Saturday nights are you know are my work nights. You know, so it it, it does get a little yeah. bit annoying that uh, we don't have that time together. But I don't know. She really enjoys coming to the concerts as well, so it, it kind of works out. And uh, the orchestra season stops in June and starts up in, again in, in September. So we, we both have summers off, which is kind of nice. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. So um, that's worked out quite well. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty that's, – that is pretty good. Yeah, yeah that's nice. Um, for someone that is looking to get into, you know, the music field, um, I mean, I know it's it's kind of hard to go from, you know – playing in your school band to orchestra to, I guess, you know, even above that, you know, how, but how, how would you 
what if you could give someone you know three pieces of advice, what would that be? Um, well, it's hard to boil down to just three simple, <laughs> simple things. But I guess the well, the first thing is obviously to to decide decide what you want and kind of stick to it. You got to, I mean, I'm sure you've heard of this whole ten thousand hours thing, where in order to achieve mastery of any one thing, you have to spend ten thousand hours doing it. And yeah. so if you do want to um, pursue music as a career, you do have to put in the time, right, to to make it sort of like a second nature. Um, but but perhaps more importantly than that, the the practice time that you do that you do put in needs to be very very mindful. And um, this is something that I'm even now realizing uh, just how much time I, I had wasted in the practice room as a you know as a teenager and even in my throughout my university career because I would just kind of space, you know, and I had a lot of notes to learn. So I would just kind of, you know, keep plugging away, but I wasn't actually present. I wasn't actually thinking about what I was doing. And essentially what that ends up doing is training mistakes or training, you know, the, the wrong, <laughs> the wrong things to be doing. You're training sounding bad rather than training sounding good. And so, yeah, so I would say that putting in the, the requisite amount of time and then putting in the, the requisite quality of time uh, with your instrument. But also, um, I guess the third point would be, yeah, I guess the third point, I mean, this is going to sound really cynical, but um, the third point would be to, to kind of keep yourself grounded with something else. So mm -hmm. um, making sure that, because there is a lot of disappointment in in the music world as as there is in life <laughs> in general but right, uh, right. there's a lot of rejection you know like I, I know people that have been doing auditions for you know five or six years they've done 50 or 60 auditions with no success and it's just something that you have to live with unfortunately and and some of them are you know i mean a lot of them are excellent players that that totally deserve to win a job but it's just you know they don't play it right on that day there's a one of my friends was telling me that they were speaking to a, a bass player in the Boston Symphony who'd said he had done 250 auditions before he won his job in Boston. And Boston is a, huh. a really incredible orchestra. And yeah, you just have to keep plugging away. And so, and so some, what's important in those times where you're being discouraged is to be able to step back and, you know, recognize that it, it's not the be all and end all. It's not, it's not going to define who you are as a person. Um, I mean, I guess that's good. <laughs> that's good life advice in general uh, to keep some pers perspective. <laughs> Those are, I'd say, I mean, again, you were right. You can't really nail it down to three. So that's probably kind of unfair of me to <laughs> <laughs> make you super condense it like, like that. Um, so anyways, you, you said you played for the, was it the Calgary Philharmonic? Yep. All right. So if anyone's listening and close to Calgary, come check them out. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Let's keep the arts alive for sure. Um, and I really appreciate you taking time to uh, sit down and chat with me, especially that you play viola and are <laughs> poor underrated. Fellow violist, yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. I wish I, – I, mine's long gone. I, I have no idea where it went because I was a stupid kid and my parents, you know, I wish I would have stuck with it, but I went to guitar, you know, to yeah. Yes, yeah. move on. But – I really appreciate it, and um, again, thank you for uh, talking to us. Yeah, no problem, man. It's been a pleasure. 
Thanks for listening in today. And be sure to subscribe to the show so you don't miss that one episode that can change your career path. We're passionate about sharing all the possibilities of occupations out there. And we'd like to keep moving full steam ahead. Consider becoming a patron of the show and go to patreon.com slash what do you do podcast to see how you can support the show.